0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by being locked away in a castle and put to sleep only to be awoken by true love's kiss. And of course the true love is Danny DeVito. I did everything. Everything. I
1: changed, didn't I? I thought I did what you told me to do, didn't I? Please. Please don't let me fall. I'm it I'll
0: do anything. Please guide me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that God went inside of to make them feel all warm and fuzzy inside.
1: Ooh, you brought in one of the thingies.
0: <laughs> I'm Frank. And I'm Zach. And today, as promised, we're doing St. Maude. A24 Boys back. Back at it again. It's been a while. Uh, We
1: haven't haven't gotten to do an A24 film. Yeah,
0: I've missed them. I've missed them dearly, Mm -hmm. and this is one of the reasons why, because they're (laughs) fucking awesome. Uh (laughs) Um, So, Zach, give us the rundown. I'll give us the rundown, and then we can jump into it.
1: Okay. So, Saint Maud came out in 2019. It was directed by Rose Glass. You have a very tight-knit cast in this, which I always love. Um, So, you have weird names in here you have Morphid Clark who plays Maud. you have Jennifer L who plays Amanda you have Lily Fraser who plays Carol and then really the only other person is like Lily Knight who plays Joy her friend but you only get her for like a couple of scenes right but and then also it. the cockroach Yeah, which is God.
0: (laughs) Uh, Played by God. (laughs) Well, I saw like something where it's like his his debut. (laughs) I saw
1: some credited thing where it's like God is supposed to be like the cockroaches. And I'm like, I don't get that. Yeah. But okay. Um, And this is
0: a film about a woman Mm -hmm. who's kind of like a a home nurse. Mm -hmm. And she gets a job. Where she's taking care of a woman who is used to be like an ex dancer, was like very like famous and whatnot, and she's dying of cancer. Um, I think she has like stage four lymphoma of the mm-hmm. spine, and she Saint Maud ends up pretty much coming to the realization that she's brought onto this earth to save her soul mm-hmm. and to save as many souls as possible um so the first time that i watched this movie i was actually really disappointed yeah i don't i was gonna ask like i don't get how you didn't love this movie right off the bat so i had just i think two things Mm -hmm. the main thing being that my experience watching it was just really shitty okay because i was like really anticipating like watching it and of course like I was waiting for fucking two years for this movie, so like my like I'm just like I have like such high expectations, mm-hmm. and then while I'm watching it, I'm like watching it with at my girlfriend's place, and she had family over, so there was like her nephew like playing video games on the computer, making noise, and then talking, and then her mom and, and then her mom and her sister talking, and and lights getting turned on and off, and people going mm-hmm. into the kitchen and moving pots and pans around, and it was just like the most frustrating. Like so I we kept like pausing it and then waiting mm-hmm. at like five minutes for things to settle down and then playing it again. So it was just like a real Really shitty experience so you're like this is just like the movie theater (laughs) yeah exactly um and then kind of like what I what I said where I was just like I I was waiting for so long for Mm -hmm. this movie I was so excited for this movie to come out in like 2019 so it's been like two years and then it was just different than I was anticipating it to be well yeah this movie isn't so much a horror film Mm -hmm. that is going to be like the next exorcism type of film this is really a much smaller film that is actually more of like a character study yeah than a straight up exorcist or exorcism type of movie i will say my 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 expectations were definitely like you know subverted for for that first view Mm -hmm. and then going back to it watching the second time out and then we actually like made sure that the lights were off there was nobody around it was just me and her and the second time, I loved it. And then I watched it again, of course, for the preparation of this. And I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, um, I really, really, really like this movie a lot. Like this, this might be like one of my favorite A24 films like yeah. that I've seen.
1: Honestly, like speaking, like this was one of those films where it's like when we saw the trailer, I was like, oh my God, like this looks awesome. And to have A24 attached to it, like that's awesome. And then waiting so long and for it to finally see it, like there was the payoff of it. I will say, though, the trailer definitely doesn't depict this of, like, what it is. Yeah. And a lot of the times that can be hurtful. But, I mean, going in... Because I haven't seen the trailer, like, since... 2019. (laughs) Yeah, when the trailer came (laughs) out. Yeah, yep. So, I went into this having the inclination that, like, okay, there is a form of possession. Yeah. But I decided not to watch the trailer again and just go into it with, like, a blank slate. Yep. And I think doing that, like, really set me up where... It was a whole other experience yeah. because you can definitely see a lot of, like, Exorcist and also even Hereditary vibes in this film. Mm -hmm. But it never quite, like, just dives right in and is like, okay, this is basically the same thing. No, this is very much its own film. Mm -hmm. And I liked a lot where this was less of a possession film and more of just... A woman going insane. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this movie is pretty much just mental illness. Yeah, um,
0: and and it's done through the force of demons and God mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I think that doing it that way made it really interesting. Like m- one of my favorite scenes in the whole film is when she finally talks to God. Yeah, and it's just I got witch vibes. Yeah, from it that. feels like the witch kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's just so incredible. Let's uh, let's really like dive into it. Mm-hmm. So, Maud as a character is really <laughs> crazy and like yeah. really interesting because she has this backstory that you don't ever, you don't fully get like the full grasp of like who she used to be. But you get the you get the impression, and you and from like few a few characters, you get like um, what do you what do you, you get like a just an inkling of who she used to be prior to being this, like, devout Catholic Christian woman.
1: Yeah, because it seems like she was, like, one, her real name is Katie. So right. she's going under, like, a different name now. Two, it seems like she was a nurse um, in, like, a hospital.
0: Yeah, so I think, like, she still is, like, I think she's still technically, like, doing the same thing. But mm-hmm. she, like, the company that she was doing it for had to like kind of kick her out because i mean in the opening shot is Maud like sitting in a hospital room mm. covered in blood with a patient just
1: dead yeah and it seems like the throat is slit yeah or something it, it almost seems like maybe Maud snapped and did it but you're not really sure and i love that where it's like they just give you like maybe two or three like small little like flashbacks of like what her life used to be yeah so it's cool where it's like you you have just enough information to be like okay this is how she used to be but now you get to focus it all on like who she's trying to be in this
0: yeah and you get like this really
1: interesting dynamic of her
0: trying so hard to be this like to pretty much just appease god like Mm. so so much but struggling with it and not quite being able to fully grasp like what her purpose of being on this earth is because like she says that like there has to be more to this Mm -hmm. like like i'm 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 worth so much more than just going around and like caring for people like Mm -hmm. she wants to be extremely special basically you know until she meets amanda yeah and then
1: well what do you mean by that i think because like the dynamic of amanda Like, when Maud goes to, like, care for her, there is, like, this slow buildup for, like, about half the movie, like I'd say, like, about good 45 minutes of the film, where it's just building of, like, who Amanda is and who Maud is, and having them kind of, like, dynamically come together, and you have a point where Amanda is so, like, afraid of death that she calls Maud her savior, and with that, it really ends up being where Maud takes that to heart and goes a little overboard with it.
0: Ah, oh, you see, I, I get very different vibes. Really, I get an entirely different thing. I think. I think that Amanda, that I think that Maud sees Amanda as like as a really like lost soul, mm-hmm. and wants to save her so bad. And Amanda doesn't care about religion at all. And when she when when she calls her Saint Maud, like it's kind of like a tongue in cheek thing. Like mm-hmm. she's kind of just doing it as like it's a joke, you know, to her. Like she doesn't, she's not really calling her like a real saint. And I, I and I say that only because I think that when when amanda has her party mm-hmm. and she's talking to her friends about Maud she's pretty much says that she pretty much says that like oh she she you know she gets she got a little carried away trying to get uh, her like lover that woman yeah like um whatever her name is Carol Carol she's like trying to get Carol to you know she tried to get her to like leave me and and whatnot and, and you know she thinks that I'm like pretty much like bad and uh and and she pretty much says like you know that she's like my saint she's like trying to be like my my, my saint and my, my savior and i feel like it's kind of more of like a tongue-in-cheek thing where like she doesn't really and, and, and i think that comes back mm-hmm. to play at the end when they have like their final confrontation where she says to her like like Maud is pretty much like saying like i'm here to like save you like god is going to forgive you and amanda is just like like stop with the religion like mm-hmm. that doesn't that's all just like bullshit so I think that that's interesting that that we we got completely different
1: yeah I mean like I I agree like I can see like where you're coming from it's more of just like you know in that one instance of Amanda saying like you're my savior that it really went to Maud's head Mm -hmm. and that was the point where she kind of snapped Mm -hmm. like that was the beginning of it
0: yeah I mean clearly she's
1: unstable <laughs> like she's been unstable. Oh, I was gonna say batshit crazy but yes <laughs> yours is more of a technical term. clearly clearly she's unstable yeah
0: and, and, and I think she's been unstable pretty much for a while mm-hmm. and and her finally finding Amanda and like being like this is my one chance of like actually saving a soul like I can actually do this mm-hmm. it really increases and it, it, it really like pulls on her to go even more insane when She's confronted with confrontational, like, viewpoints.
1: Yeah, with Carol. Yeah. I mean, and then there's, like, this huge, like, sexual aspect to it, too. Mm-hmm. Where Yeah, like, God is, like, she feels God in a way where it's almost,
0: like, orgasmic. Like, it, yeah. lit- it literally
1: feels like she's, like, having, like, orgasms when, when she, like, prays to him. Well, that's why, too, like, one of my favorite scenes is, like, after Amanda says, like, you're my savior and Maud goes up the stairs... And there's this really cool effect where it's like the lights are pulsing, yeah, yeah. And yeah, she basically it's like, like euphoria, drops, you know, yeah. It's she like... drops to the ground with like an orgasm almost. Yeah. And there's like that weird aspect to it where it's like she's attracted to God, but at the same time too. They don't really dive into it too, too much, but you, you get the feeling that, like, there is some sexual connection between Amanda and Maud. Yeah, like, I, I, Maude, think, like, I think more toward... Yeah, I
0: think I think it's definitely, like, more Maud towards Amanda than Amanda towards Maud. Yeah. And I think, like, when, when you... There's that scene where uh, she's having her little... Uh, Amanda has... What's her name? Carol. Carol over and like Maud kind of like sneaks in and like like looks through the window and then she sees her mm-hmm. and like Amanda kind of, I think Amanda kind of like senses Maud like looking and she kind of like covers herself up. Yeah. And I think Maud, and then Maud still stays there and like watches because I think that like, yeah, she does have some type of like attraction towards her mm-hmm. and I kind of probably, I would imagine like kind of eats away at her a little bit because like she knows that that's wrong.
1: Yeah. Because like. After that, too, she does tell Carol, like, hey, you got to go. Like, that's it. Like, no more. Like, I'm trying to save her. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, too, in the time frame between Carol leaving and Carol, like, calling Amanda to tell her, like, hey, we can't do this anymore. Even though that doesn't fully happen. It comes back later. Mm -hmm. But, like, in between that time, there's, like, this montage of Amanda and Maude, like, doing the stretches and everything like that and making dinner again. Yeah. And you have, like, this very... Large sexual tension, I feel like, between the two, and again, Maude is just kind of like, "How do I go about this?" Yeah, but how am I going to save her soul at the same time? Well, yeah,
0: because like that's like one of the like one of my favorite things about the movie is you're you're essentially watching two different characters Mm -hmm. in one person. You're watching Maude, and then you're watching Katie, and like I think like the sexual desires and all that is Katie, yeah, and then you have Maude who's trying to like combat Katie with religion mm-hmm. and, and like, and then trying to like get away from that and trying to step away from that. And then of course there's a, a scene that I didn't, I really, really didn't like in the the first viewing of it. The and hand job. Well, that, well that entire scene <laughs> of like her at the yeah. bar, like I really didn't like it cause I felt so out of place. A little and bit. And then, and then like coming back and watching it like a second and third time, I was like, it it, it is out of place, but it feels out of place on purpose. Yeah. Because now you're watching Katie. You're not watching Maud. And you're watching Katie who apparently it seems like she's kind of like this is what she used to be like prior to associating herself as Maud, you know? And and I thought it was really interesting because there's there's a really great like Rose Glass did a really, really cool thing that I that I, I noticed the second viewing of doing like visual storytelling with a mm-hmm. camera when when she kind of snaps, when Maude like kind of like gets kicked out of Amanda's place and she and the woman, she ends up like talking to like, I don't know, like, I guess like the, the woman who like operates the, the organization. Business, yeah. yeah, that sends them out to, you know, take care of people. Um, she pretty much tells her like, you're lucky that you didn't get like, like sued like for what you did because she ends up like smacking Ma or she ends up like smacking like Amanda for their because uh, Amanda says something to the effect of like we're not as worthy as you kind of like in like a you know like a what's like what's the word like a pandering kind of way like you know like oh we're not as like as good as a human like humans are are no are no match for maude because maude's a saint you know pretty much and um and you get this like really great shot of maude like at the beach and the camera's upside down yes and then and then you have her like walking and the camera's upside down and it's like her mental state is like she's ne- she's completely like 360, you mm-hmm. know, or like 180. Like she's just up like right now. Her world is literally turned upside down because she's like losing herself. Yeah. And okay. Katie is now w- winning that mental battle over Maud.
1: I mean, there is a point too. Like after the bar scene, where it's like she turns around because um, she has like that mental episode of all the beers, kind of like spiraling in like a a thai su- tsunami type thing. Yeah. Um, like a tornado yeah (laughs) fine water tornado whatever it's called um but like when she turns around after that and like spills the beer on the guy and then it just cuts to like them having sex and you have another flashback of her like trying to perform cpr which i would imagine is a callback to the opening shot yes like that's what happened yeah and caving in the chest yeah and then it turns out to not be the case right that like that was just all in her mind yeah and afterwards when she leaves and you have probably my favorite shot in the film is like it's only like the center of the the screen and it's like this very narrow shot of like her coming down the and steps the camera's, like sideways and it's sideways and everything else is black yeah and you have that where it's like Like you said, it really shows where it's like her world is turning upside down and she almost has like tunnel vision of like, okay, this is what I need to focus on. And it's
0: it's really, again, it's like great visual storytelling because like now the camera's sideways and you see that it's slowly turning back to upright. Mm -hmm. And it's like Maude's mental state. She's like going back to like her religion. And then, of course, you have what I think is like top three scenes of her back in her apartment and the fireworks going off and mm-hmm. she ends up having like what I think is a seizure a because seizure, I but- think she's having like at like an epileptic type of seizure mm-hmm. and she like falls to the ground and starts like like seizing and like starts throwing up yeah and then all of a sudden she just starts like floating yeah and, and it's like
1: can, oh like you can she- almost chalk that up to like an exorcism type of situation yeah
0: exactly and and of course it's not really happening no but in her mind, God just like came down and like
1: gave her a sign. Yeah, and mm-hmm. now
0: and now she's like back on the straight and narrow again, where she's like she starts cleaning up her apartment, and and she's like I, I I'm gonna like fully devote myself to this. And then, and then of course you have the really uh, gruesome kind mm-hmm. of scene of the her, nails. Yeah, like mm-hmm. cutting out like the pictures of Mary, the Virgin Mary, and like putting like thumb like thumbnail or thumbtacks like through the picture and no they're full on nails man are they
1: they're like six inch nails (laughs) i don't know if they're that big (laughs) oh they're pretty Um, big
0: but she ends up like stepping like she puts them in her shoes and she steps on them and then she's like walking Mm -hmm. and it's just like and like ah man when Mm -hmm. she's walking down and like the sound that you can kind of like it's just like it's just in there a little like you can kind of just hear like the squishing of it oh it's fucking just to
1: kind of be like holier than thou of like this is what jesus did yeah like when he was being crucified type situation yeah and then another really subtle thing that i love too was i don't know if you picked it up but like towards the later half of the film after all of this Maud has two different colored eyes yeah i did notice that and i thought that was like a really cool way of again visual storytelling where it's almost like she split down the middle between katie and Maud. yeah and towards the end her eyes go back to normal yeah
0: it's really, really good. It
1: is. I mean, Rose Glass has only done like two other like short films. Yeah, this is
0: her debut feature.
1: And it's fantastic. It really like, is. I, I'm very excited to see like what she does next. He's definitely like one to look out for, I think, for mm-hmm. sure.
0: Um but, yeah, and then, of course, she has, like, that little interaction with, like, Amanda's new caretaker.
1: I think it was Esther. Yeah. Because I put her in, like... Because usually what I do is, like, I'll put in, like, all of the names first, and mm-hmm. then I'll watch the film. Yeah. So I have, like, somewhat of an idea of who people are. Right. But I take it out depending on who's not that important, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Esther yeah. is one of those. <laughs> yeah, so
0: she ends up, like, kind of, like, meeting up with, like, uh, Est- or uh, Amanda's new caretaker who replaced Maud. Mm-hmm. Um, and Maud kind of, like... Like she knows that, like she was like hanging around there because she ended up seeing her bring Amanda to like the sea, one time, and she's like, okay, like this is clearly like a spot. So she ends up like, you know, ironically, air quotations running into her there, mm-hmm. and this woman has no idea who Maud is, and she ends up like talking to her about like, you know, what 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 she does, and she's talking to her about like, oh, you know, I'm a pa- I have a patient, I'm a nurse, I have a patient, she's very sick, blah blah, blah. and like you can kind of feel like Maud almost like judging, yeah, like her.
1: why aren't you doing better? Yeah,
0: and then also just, like, I I think that Maude has a really hard time, like, understanding, like, normal human behavior. Mm -hmm. Like, kind of going back to the bar scene where she's now Katie, like, you can kind of see her, like, trying to, at least, like, from what I took from it was, like, it kind of almost feels like she's trying to understand, like, normal human behavior. Like, when, Mm -hmm. when she's, like, trying to participate in, like, the story of, like, the group of friends that are, like, you know uh just talking and she's like trying to like insert herself within within them and like laughing with them and they're like what the fuck is she doing yeah and like you have her like you have like these really like close-up shots of like Maud's eyes like kind of like darting around like looking and you see like these like really like quick shots of like people like taking shots and like licking their fingers from eating food and stuff like that and like she looks uncomfortable mm-hmm. but it, it almost feels like she's trying to like analyze like how normal people just live yeah and then, like, going back to now where she's, like, meeting up with this girl, Esther, and she's, like, you know, like, she's just kind of, like, judging her, like, you're not, you're not worthy enough to, like, do, <laughs> like, what I do, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, So, I just found that really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really cool, and then, like, towards the end, like, when she goes full on, like. After she took, she talks to Eric's God. God, yeah.
0: And, and I did, I did see the, um, I I did kind of figure after the second watch that that cockroach thing was God, yeah. only because of the scene where, where it like walks into the her her like little um, shrine of like all mm-hmm. of the like religious uh, pic- images and stuff, and like you get like this weird like bolt of energy yeah. that like th- like the cockroach walks into the wall and then like this weird like aura kind of goes around the wall and then mm-hmm. she walks up to it and then it's and then god speaks to her it's like okay maybe that like that that's like where to me i was like maybe it is god because the cockroach kind of seems to only come around in like situations where Maud is feeling like kind of lost yeah you know what i mean like like the, in the opening shot after she kills the patient the cockroach is there yeah you know what i mean and it's, like, when she starts, like, losing herself a little bit, like, that's kind of, like, Maud's, like, mental, like, she's, like, imagining imagining this cockroach, like, just being there. as. A, but I I personally don't, haven't ever heard of God in that form. <laughs> I've never heard of this God well, that you speak I've just never heard of God, like, in that form. No. So I don't know for sure. But I mean, again, that was kind of, like, what I got from it.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, too, like, it. you could chalk it up to, like, the devil and kind of, manifesting himself in like some form hmm. as the cockroach because they really leave it up to you of like is it god is it the devil is it just her insanity really right and when you get to like the final act really where maud is like okay i'm going to go back to amanda's house and she sneaks in. But
0: first off, how great is it when she puts on the sheet? Oh, yeah. And she becomes, like, the official, like, uh, like officially Saint Maude. And she's, yeah. like, walking down the road. People are, like, looking at her. Like, why the hell is this woman wearing a fucking
1: bed sheet? I love it, too. Like, when she's <laughs> looking at in the mirror in her apartment. And yeah. she looks dead at the camera. So she's looking at us. But it's really to the shrine of God. And it's like, I'm ready. And yeah. I was like, that's really cool. And then, yeah, like, going to Amanda's house and basically like stalking to see like when the nurse leaves yeah and sneaking in and visiting amanda again and at first like amanda is almost kind of like welcoming it and almost like she was expecting it
0: yeah and she apologizes for like yeah.
1: how she like you know all the shit that she said to Maud and like
0: how she kind of like treated her and then of course Maud again kind of immediately goes back to you know like I'm here to save your soul. Like, God is going to forgive you, you know, whatever. And Amanda's, like, really over that. Like, she's like, I'm not interested in any of that. Mm -hmm. And then you have the real, true, true breaking point of Maud. Yes. Where where Amanda, I think, I think Amanda denying, like, the faith that final time Mm -hmm. really, like, cemented that Maud is now just going to go crazy. Yeah. and Because she imagines... I, I, I take it as yeah. her imagining all of this. I do too. As Amanda turns into some type of demon, mm-hmm. and like immediately, like her face becomes more contorted and stuff, and she like she like shoots her across the room, like without touching her. Yeah. And Maud just grabs like a like a, like a pair of scissors and just fucking starts like stabbing Amanda repeatedly and kills her. Mm-hmm. Uh. And Maud just was like, I have just like slain some type of demon of sorts. Yeah.
1: And. I th- I thought that was, like, where... That's what the trailer was trying to showcase. And I love the fact of, like, going through this hour and 20 minutes at this point of a m- woman's mental breakdown. Yeah. And you have some form of, like, possession. But, it, again, it's all in her head. Yeah. The only thing that I will say that I was not a fan of in this film was the fluorescent light angel wings.
0: Yes. I, I, I understand that because, like, they, they look so... They, not
1: good <laughs> yeah they, they don't look good but yeah. like everything else is fantastic and I understand the point of the angel wings because right. at that point it seems that like Maud has served her duty and she is welcomed into the grace of God right and you have that beautiful last shot where she's going to the beach and you see the clouds above just like spiraling open
0: Right, kind of like what was going on, like at the bar.
1: Yeah, and almost like it was all like a premonition. Yeah. Um, and you have her just standing there and dumping like, I, I acetone. It's not. So, yeah, it's some yeah. type of something alcohol that, based liquid something that goes <laughs> up in in fire real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um. And you have, like, all these people, like, looking like, oh, my God, like, what are you going to do? Like, stop. Like, people, should- I think
0: people are, like, understanding, like, they're kind of getting it because you have, like, the people shouting, like, somebody stop her, somebody stop her. Mm-hmm. And right before we get to that, like, you have, you know, like, w- when she had that conversation with God, like, mm-hmm. he pretty much, like, this is, like, what he was saying, like, for her yeah. to, like, do. Like, this was, like, her final thing. Like, he was, like, if you do this, like, then you'll. You know we can be together finally yeah and like there's like that reference to like a photo of somebody i don't know who it is but it's some it's some religious imagery of of somebody it's like a phoenix like kind of like rising out of like ashes of sorts mm-hmm. and god's like you've always known what to do like this is like this is it and uh yeah i mean that, i mean what an incredible ending
1: yeah you have like that that shot of her lighting the match and then again, the fluorescent angel wings and everybody bowing, and you see, like, and for the, a light, moment, for a quick for a moment, you're, you're like, like, oh, maybe. it was all real. <laughs> and then a perfect ending to this film of literally one second mm-hmm. of just a close up of her on fire screaming, and then black and end. Yeah. And it is the perfect ending to solidify that, like, no, she wasn't having this divine power. It was her mentally breaking down and believing all of this. Yeah. And it was just fantastic.
0: Because, like, at the end of the day, like, this movie takes place in reality. Mm-hmm. So whether or not you want to believe that she really was talking to God and and, and she really, really, truly is uh, some sort of biblical whatever. Yeah uh or an angel of sorts like this movie takes place in reality and when she lights herself on fire if if it is real that that Mm -hmm. everybody bows to her in reality she lit herself on fire yes (laughs) and she's dead
1: (laughs) so this is what i wanted gretel and hansel to be i never saw that when it when it came out i was like okay like we're getting like witch 2.0 Mm. and then it was just garbage (laughs) and then like you have saint maud where it's like okay kind of like similar ideas of like how they're gonna go about things yeah and this just like perfectly encapsulates like everything that was supposed to be
0: yeah i mean yeah man that last that last frame is just incredible
1: i give this nine and a half cockroaches (laughs) out of ten
0: really good i was very 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 impressed Mm -hmm. with uh mrs glass's debut feature i mean i'm i'm really really looking forward to what's going to go next i kind of sort of wish there was maybe a little bit more like horror to the film like i wish there was Mm -hmm. a little bit more like scares but i'm not but like knowing what the movie is and like what it's trying to say i understand like all the decisions that were made to like that it's not like this but again i think like kind of like what you were saying like i was like anticipating like through the trailers and stuff like this is gonna be a fucking exorcism movie like it's I want like the goods mm-hmm. and you don't really get those goods. You get the goods.
1: Yes. But they're not in that way. Mm-hmm. Um so So it's reminiscent to Crimson Peak in the fact that like the trailer didn't solidify what it is, but it's still a good movie. Go ahead agree. Go ahead agree.
0: I don't like Crimson Peak. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, yeah, other than that, I mean, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really impressed with this movie. I, I really, really enjoyed it a lot. And now, like, watching it three times mm-hmm. and the first time being disappointed and the second time, like, being like, okay, it's good. And then the third time being like, oh, it's actually, like, fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, again, like I said, I'm just really anticipating what she's going to do next. And I hope she takes her time. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't want her to, like, rush and, like, just kind of put out garbage next you know like i don't want the sophomore slump i really really want like a solid fucking like next feature from her
1: i know because you have like ari aster and like um robert edgers who like put out like sophomore films like relatively close yeah. but still delivered we're, yeah we're still great so yeah. it's like i i really want her to be kind of like in that same category yeah of like just these intense crazy films that like have something to say yeah and are different from the norm of what we're getting.
0: Yeah. So that being said, Mm -hmm. I have a recommendation, Zach.
1: What is it?
0: Um, All right. So something that I think everybody should do is kick small children in the shin. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> They're hit level. I recommend <laughs> I recommend kicking small children. No. um so my buddy James uh showed me uh another podcast mm-hmm. and it's kind of a really interesting one. So it's this, it's called Time Suck with Dan Cummins and Tan. I guess Dan Cummins is like a comedian, but I don't really know any any of his stand up or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um but pretty much, he does like he's really long. Like they're like two plus hours. These hit their podcasts. Um, but he he does these really really long and uh, very like well detailed and well thought out podcasts on just like interesting things throughout history. Mm-hmm. Um, so like he's done stuff on like Dante's Inferno, which is like how it kind of became what it is, um, and like you know how he wrote it and, and and whatnot. And then he's he's done like really interesting stuff with like. Like, apparently, the Nazis, there was, like, a division of Nazis whose sole purpose was to go find the Holy Grail. Like, that no was a, really? a real yeah. thing. And uh, and he goes on, like, a big deep dive of, like, how Hitler, like, came to be, like, like you know, like, how this, pretty much is how this all happened and, like, mm-hmm. what they, like, were looking for. And he does a lot of cool stuff like that. Um, he does a lot of cool stuff with, like, serial killers and, like, just, like, diving into, like, their mental states and what they were doing and blah, 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 blah. Um. And, yeah, it's just really, really interesting. And I find him, I'll be honest, he's a little annoying.
1: Okay. Like, he does, he,
0: he, he like, kind of, like, diverges a lot and mm-hmm. does, like, a lot of, like, co- like, he tries to be, like, oh, like, I'm a comedian, so here are, like, some funny voices that I do, and, and here are, like, some silly things. And, like, honestly, it's just, like, dude, like, I'm actually, like, I'm just, I'm interested in, like, what you're saying. So, like, can we just not, like, be annoying for five be a serious I, one. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's just, like, do it. Mm-hmm. Um but overall, I mean, like the stories that, he's, that, he, that he is telling are like really, really compelling and they're really, really interesting. So um, I highly recommend Time Suck with Dan Cummins.
1: That sounds cool. I'll yeah, check that out. It is cool. I Th- just, I don't have the problem that I have. Three hours to <laughs> listen yeah, to something. I, I, I like a lot of podcasts, but like all of them end up being those ones where it's like two, three hours long. Yeah. And it's just like, I just don't have that time. Mm-hmm. Um, a really cool one is like Super Castle Super Beast. Um, where it's just like a bunch of nerds, like talking about whatever, but it's like four hours long an episode. Yeah. It's just, it's rough, but I am intrigued by, by the things that you said. Yeah. I want to check out those episodes at least. Yeah.
0: That's cool. Um, all right, Zach, what are we doing next?
1: So up next for our movie discussion, we will be talking about what makes a director great. Cool. I like that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, cool. So look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, never waste your pain.